welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. So I've titled today's message, In Our DNA. In Our DNA. Church, in your DNA as a believer sitting here today, who believes and understands that the church you are going to is the church that God has ordained for you? Who believes that here this morning? Yeah. And so with that belief, that's, that's from the Word of God. You can find that in there. With that belief, you then have to understand that there is some stuff in your DNA as a believer in this church. So we're going to go through this. City Point Church currently has 10 churches around the world called City Point. However, in Queensland, Australia, back in 1930, who was alive in 1937? Anyone here today? We got one there. Yes, awesome. Let's put our hands together. That was a great year. A man, Clark Taylor, was born. Clark gave his life to God in 1959. In 1963, he suffered from cerebral malaria and frequently lapsed into unconsciousness. He felt God tell him one day to obey the book of James in the Bible, chapter 5, that says to get the elders of the church to pray for you and anoint you with oil and you will be healed. That's what it says, you will be healed. Who's ever done this before? There's a few of us here today. I did this once, so my appendix was about to burst. Um, I would have been 18 or 19 years old, and it did the whole thing. It just went wrapped right around. The pain was agony. I was at work, and I got to the point, I was, I was trying to tough it out. I was a young, young man in a workplace, and I was trying to tough it out, but I got to the point I was actually walking, leaning on the benches, and, and then I just couldn't walk anymore. I was, I, I just, you, know, you know when you've got to go to the doctor, right? Like, you, you, you tough it out as long as you can, but you know when you, okay, I've, I've got to go right now, and then you can't get there quick enough. Well, I was a bit like this, and um, I walked in or hobbled into the um, office to the, my boss that we never really spoke to. He was the guy in the office behind that glass wall, and no one ever really spoke to him, and I went in there as a first-year apprentice and um, just very nervously said, um, Roger, could I, I, I go at lunchtime? And he goes, where to? I said, I just need to go to the church. And he goes, oh, why? And I said, I'm sick and I, I can't really walk, but if I can get to the church, I can be healed and I'll come back. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't realize, but that was a gift of faith that God had activated to speak like that. Just knew God's word, you know. Anyway, I went there, and John Eden's dad was there. This is Calvary in Townsville. So Mr. Eden come down, and I'm sitting there in my work clothes, and um, he just comes down from upstairs. It was all very official and, and all that. And he comes down, and he just says, Graham, what, what do you need prayer for? And so I told him, and he just got some oil, put it on my forehead, and said the most simple, basic prayer. I was a little disappointed, to be honest. And... Um, I thought Holy Graham Eden was going to come down and it was all just going to be, you know, electricity. And, but anyway, he just said this prayer and I went, okay, said amen. And he literally just got up. He must have been busy and just walked upstairs to work. 
Anyway, I walked to the car and I kind of got to the car and realized, oh, I walked here okay. I was still in pain. Drove to work. And um, as I, sometimes you've got to continue to walk in your faith, don't you? And so I drove to work, and by the time I got to the work, completely healed. I've never had it back again, ever in my life. <laughs> cool for the elders of the church. They will anoint you. I get surprised by this scripture sometimes. Anyway, I won't go there. But. And, um, and, they, and so he did this. Uh, Clark Taylor did this. He was healed. Then in 1974, God called this uneducated, he never finished school, 30, he finished like grade three or something, something like that. He was 34 years old. He was a farm boy in Australia here, Clark Taylor, to start a church. So we did. First time doing something like this. He started a church with 25 people. We called this a life group. In his lounge room at home, the church God used Clark to start was called Christian Outreach Center. Anyone heard of Christian Outreach Center here? There's a few of us. And in, in a short period of time, Clark purchased 130 acres of land in Carindale. He started over 150 churches in eight countries. Down at that church in Carindale, on Sundays, they would have over 700 kids in their kids' program. The church auditorium fit between 5,000 and 5,500 people, and I haven't been able to get clear documentation. One said that 5,000 would go on Sundays. One said that 3,500 would go on Sundays. Either way, it's pretty magnificent. And um, they were attending that church, and every part of the way, when you see Clark's testimony, Clark had no money. In fact, most of his journey, he said he would struggle to put food on their table. He was a farmer, and everything was paid for completely as a miracle of God. 130 acres, they built an amazing two-story building down on that land. There's a basement to it, with a school... The school was built under Clark and the university as well. And then on the journey, he had about, before he got there, he had about four other buildings about this size, and he paid all of them in cash through God miraculously providing for them as a church. And you think I'm asking a lot for $3 million for this building. Okay, we know the God with the cattle on the, on the hills of this earth, all right? And God spoke to me one day. And um, through someone else, I just saw on Podbeam, who said they were believing for a significant amount for their church as well. And God slapped him, excuse me, God slapped him silly, and he slapped me silly listening to it. He said, God knows every person on planet Earth, and you think it's impossible for someone to just ring you with $3 million. You've got to be joking. There's billionaires and billionaires all over this planet, and one of them has my phone number in his phone right now, about to call my number. Amen. You believe that? I believe it. You should too. And um, so God provided, let me read you something. Psalms 37, 3 to 5 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and be about doing good, church. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. What do we feed on? The faithfulness of God. Do you feed on worry? Do you feed on doubt? 
Do you feed on, oh, I don't have enough? Or kids, I can't afford it this week? We need to change that language. And if you can't afford it, just say, I don't yet have it. You know, it, it's coming. You know, this is, I know I talk about Mustangs and things like that, but you've got to understand I'm planting spiritual seeds every time I think about that word. I'm put, I went there just the other day with my daughter, and I went to Ford to look for a Mustang. Can you believe it? They didn't have a Mustang in the Ford car yard here in Caboolture. What's wrong with Ford in Caboolture? Anyway, we went, there wasn't one. But I, was, I went there to sit in my Mustang and to claim that thing in the spirit. Now, you might think that's silly, but why don't you try it? Because I got a house that way. Got a church that way. A building is what I'm talking about. We stand, we are about doing good, about doing the mission of God, and we stand in faith. We have faith, not with these eyes, but we have faith with these eyes, in our spirit man. We see with our spirit what we need to claim in the spirit. And when you claim it in the spirit, you will see the manifestation in the natural. That's scripture. And sometimes as believers, we walk so much with what we see with our eyes, and then we wonder why God's word isn't being fulfilled in our life. And that's because you're setting the things of this world as your God and not your faith in who the creator is as your God. Because when he created the world, there was nothing except the words planted in his heart. And when he spoke, all of creation happened. And you and I have that power. Come on. Over your business, when you walk into your business, be careful with what you say because you're walking in the creation that you've created. God is fulfilling the desire of your heart. Well, how do I know the desire of my heart? Out of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so, Matt, in your family, if you're always talking negative about your kids, you need to arrest those words. And, and pray a prayer like David said, God, would you create in me a clean heart? A heart that's grounded on the word of God and not what I see with my eyes. Amen? We can create the world around us. So when we are set out to do good, to feed on God's faithfulness and not our abilities, to delight in God, commit to his ways, and trust in God, then he will give you the desires of your heart. Clark served in our church for 15 years of his life. Today at, at church, or this church that I'm talking about is called City Point Church. And that land is the land that City Point Carindale sits on right now. Today, the same movement of churches around the world is called International Network of Churches, or INC for short. We now have over 1,600 churches in 30 countries around the world. Did you know that? God gave Clark a mission statement that was Australia for Christ which later became reaching our world for Christ. That's a great statement, isn't it? 
Clark was a man consumed with passion for the Holy Spirit of God, to walk in his power and his authority, to daily meditate till he felt the presence of God's Spirit as a blanket over him. Clark is known as a man of faith, not just for finance or building the impossible, but also for miracles, for healings, and for transformation of people's lives. Clark's Sunday services were known for the display of God's power. He said that the Holy Spirit would clothe him with his presence because Clark would spend so much time with the Holy Spirit in private. People would respond to altar calls and fall over as they were walking down to the altar. Clark once threw his coat over 12 guys and the Holy Spirit consumed those guys. And they fell over baptized in the Spirit just by throwing. He said that I used to spend so much time in the presence of God that even the cloth on my body was anointed with the presence of God. That's his description. And let me say this. As, we, as I read my word, I see that I also can walk in this. And this word, does anyone have their Bible here today or on their phone? Yeah, we've got a few. We're going to start bringing our physical Bibles to church. And I'm going to start reading passages out of the physical Bible. I've got no problem at all with the digital Bible, by the way. Um, for years, because I'm, I'm like a rubbish reader, or I was a rubbish reader before I went to Bible college. God healed me of that. But um, I went through years and years and years of, does this help someone when I just go on? Yeah, <laughs> I went through years of audio Bible, and just every day just listening to audio Bible, because I just couldn't read fast enough, and I wanted to consume it more. And so I just went through probably eight to ten years of audio Bible, and faith comes from and hearing the word of God. And so I just I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to claim that scripture for my life. And just started to just listen. So thank goodness for technology and phones and the Bible app. And, um, and then I just went through years of digital Bible because I, I love the way it works. It, it makes sense in my brain. Um, probably in the last eight, nine, ten years, I've gone back to physical Bible. When I went to Bible college, um, I was uneducated. I excuse me, left school in grade 11 and was quite fearful about doing Bible college. And, um, and when I went in, quite literally, I can only say by the grace and the love and the goodness of God, um, I even got a couple of distinctions. Could you believe that? And, um, you know, I figure if uh, uneducated 37-year-old 30, Clark Taylor can start a movement, this uneducated man could go to Bible college and learn the Word of God. Anyway, at the end of Bible college, I now read the Bible just like, like butter. It's beautiful. And, um, but I want us to bring the words of God in the physical form back into the church. There's a reason for this. So I've been debating this because I don't want to get religious about this sort of stuff. But I want to do this because I want this generation to actually see physically the value of the word of the living God. Everything is an app, and I'm good for the Bible to be that as well. No problems at all, but this is something special. You go to China, and they print these pages underground. They get one Bible and rip out pages and share it around. 
And that's what they feed on is just one page, anything to get the actual word of God. And so I want this generation that we are raising up here in Caboolture to see and to know and to feel and to touch and to read the physical papers, words of God, to know and learn the value. This is not just another app. It's not just another swipe. It's not just another something. This is the living word of God that has gone through the ages. Amen. So I've been thinking about that. I'd love you to buy our Bible. If you can't afford one, come see me. I'll give you one. And um, so good. So this stuff is in our DNA. The call of church to this movement of churches has always been to preach the gospel, to demonstrate the power of God, to bring God glory, and to heal his people. Man. I did it. I think I'm doing this everywhere. I don't know if anyone else is like this, but I'm walking around this world now just going, man, God, everyone needs healing. Like, we all need you so bad. Like, we are just messed up. Like, I just walk the streets and I just, I see people sleeping on our, our new Caboolture hospital, just like making home on the bench chairs and just. There's a new, there's, the tent city is moving around. I, I see the anger in people. I see the abuse coming out of people. I, I, I hear about the sexual abuse and the physical abuse. It's, it's so common. It's, it's like almost considered a, as a natural part of life, and I've got to deal with it. You don't have to deal with it. They need healing, and they need the power of God to transform their lives. And God wants to do this. You have to understand, church, that this is the heartbeat of God. If he would say in his word that my heart is, is that none would perish. We have to understand that the blood of Jesus shed on that cross to bring salvation, the Bible says, is also to bring healing. The word healing in the Bible is a word that's multifaceted, and it actually means physical healing. It means emotional healing. It means mental healing, and it means spiritual healing, what we call eternal life with God. And so the blood of Jesus was shed that we would be healed. The heart of God is that you and I would not walk around sick. So we have to activate our faith. And you know what? My faith is not dictated on whether I am well. My faith is dictated on what this word of God says. And if it says, lay the hand on the the sick and they will recover, I'm going to do it. Is there anyone with me? We're going to do it, right? Lay your hands. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian in this place for five minutes or 55 years, like some people. God has the same word for you. Why don't you take your testimony? Take what God has done in your life. Believe with people. Share the gospel to people. It's not Bible bashing. It's life-giving. (laughs) You know, I don't care what people want to label it out there. It's the only message with eternal life attached to it. It's the only message that will transform somebody. It's the only message and only God that has given you and I, believe it or not, the authority to pray with someone and see them recover. But if we don't pray, there is no one to. It's all on you and I. 
And I have learned to take that responsibility on my shoulders. And I encourage you to as well. Mark 16, 15 to 18 says, Jesus said these words. He said, go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned, church. And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe in in Jesus as the Son of God for your life today? If you believe that, would you lift your hand? So these signs will follow you. In my name, in whose name? So therefore it's nothing to do with our name, how good a person we are, how strong we feel, how noble we feel, whether you've sinned or not, are you covered by the blood? Therefore, you're a child and a believer of God. Those who believe in my name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. Can you cast out demons? Absolutely. Do you need teaching how to do it? Do you need faith how to do it? Yes. Does it happen if you don't go and cast? No. So someone's got to take the journey and share. Someone's got to take the journey and cast. Someone's got to witness. Someone's got to testify. It doesn't just happen. There's an old saying in the church, you know, just come to church and be filled and topped up. The Holy Spirit brings people to the church. It's not true. It's in your Bible, but it's not true. Because you need to read the context and everything around that. And look at history and tradition and the way God moves. He always moves with and through you and I. Always. The Holy Spirit will draw people to the church when the gospel goes out. A plant grows when there is a seed. Have you ever seen a plant grow without a seed first? Doesn't happen. That's why in creation everything has a seed amongst it. You and I included. And so seed is required for birth, for life. And so when the gospel is shared, life is shared, a seed is planted, and the Spirit will draw. So you and I need to unite. We need to unify with God and share the gospel so that you and I can be here on Sunday and people start flooding in. And let me tell you this. This excites me, but it also gets me a little on edge. I'm not worried, but I'm just like, are we there? The church that plants the seed is the church that reaps. Come on. I'm talking about us today. If we're not planting seeds, we will not be reaping a harvest. And I want other churches to reap the harvest. But I hope every pastor is preaching a word like this. Because we all need to be about planting seeds. In City Point World, we call it unmistakably influencing our world for good and for God. It's our mission statement. In other words, we're sharing the gospel everywhere we are. Unmistakable influence means when you leave the conversation, you have deposited a seed that's unmistakable that you just influence their life for good and for God. That's the gospel. And so as we share the gospel, we will see the miracle come. Church, as you lay your hand on the sick, the sick will recover. 
Do they recover before the hand gets laid? Can they recover before a hand gets laid? Mm, There's a good question. Getting into theology right now. The answer is yes. So what is this a contradictory? No, it's not contradictory. I've learned this. Sometimes I have to ask people to walk down the front. Sometimes right where they are. They can get healed in the seat. The guy, it's nothing to do with me. Faith without works is dead. Sometimes God is wanting to activate either my faith or your faith or whoever's faith. And so sometimes we have to lay our hands. So to me, this is discernment. And if I just, sometimes I'm just like, I just feel like I just, or I see myself just laying my hand. And the Bible says when you lay your hand, it's actually meaning lay your hand, okay? But sometimes I feel that that's what's required. It's a transfer of faith. But God doesn't need me and he doesn't need my hand. So sometimes people just, bam, get healed. They might have the faith. I might have enough faith for them or you might have enough faith for them. Whatever the situation, God can do whatever he wants. In the Bible, there are both examples. So he says here, Jesus said, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you receive that today? This is your God, and he's given you these gifts. These, will, these signs should be following us in your life. And sometimes I'm even just in the middle of learning um, my own prayer life at the moment. I'm, I'm just on a new little journey, and um, I'm changing the way I pray. And I shared it a bit with our leaders of the church this week, and I pray a little bit too much, like, God, if you can. Like, God, just pray for John right now. Just pray that you would heal him. Lord, that you would just bring a miracle into his world. God, would you break this over his life? What am I doing? I'm like, it's like almost a beg. Can you, can you feel that? You might not do this, so I might just be talking to myself. But, and so I'm learning that it's, it's, not, it's not that. Like, I'm a, I'm a man of God. I'm actually his son. I already have this authority. I'm not begging for it. Hey, God, I'm here, little weenie me. And um, I know I'm covered, but... I've just got no, just like, would you heal him? You know, that's not what God's telling us in his word. He said, I actually have the authority. I can walk on serpents. I can, I can drink poison and it won't hurt me. Like, in other words, in the name of Jesus, there is no authority. There is no power. There is no thing. There is no substance that could hurt Jesus. 
therefore can't hurt me. And when we walk in that authority, we no longer go, oh God, I just pray for John, would you heal him? We go, in Jesus' name, receive your healing. And we impart what we already have. Do you feel that? You see that? Let me tell you something here today, church. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will speak and cast out demons. In his name, though, don't take the glory. You will speak with new tongues. You will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, if you and I drink anything, it will by no means hurt them. In other words, sin could not bind Jesus. It could not taint his blood. It couldn't suck power out of him. It couldn't change his authority. It couldn't change his identity. Our identity is as sons and daughters of God. So nothing can change or interrupt that. If you are a believer, you walk with the power of the Almighty God in your life. And you have the authority to impart, to cast out, to speak to, to create as God always has and has given us. Do you receive that today in your life? It's powerful, powerful stuff. And for some of us, this is requiring a whole paradigm shift. Maybe a theology shift today. You know, maybe you're here and you're like, oh, I didn't even believe that Jesus was that. I just saw him as a prophet. Well, he is that. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the only way to salvation. You can only claim those words if you are that. You can only say, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, if you actually have that authority to say, I am that. Does that make sense? So he is the son of God. He is God, the three in one. God is with us for every one of us who believes and is baptized. In the book of Daniel in the Bible, we see Daniel and his friends, known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You might have heard of them. Not follow the culture or the king's command to abandon their one true God. Like us today, I need you to hear this, the pressure to accept ways of life that are accepted by the majority of our people, we are told today to bow down to sexual immorality, slander, gossip, hate, self-worship, and other religions. But Daniel and his friends would never ever bow down. And God always proved himself faithful. Let me tell you this. If you're bowing down and wondering where your faithful God is, can you see the link? But to those who don't bow down, they will see their God always faithful. Because we either have him on the throne or we have self-worship on the throne. What is self-worship? Well, you're making your own decisions for yourself when you want, how you want, because it's your right and you want to. And the reality is, is we're all facing that tension in life. 
Because the world is really screaming, especially right now. But that's self-worship. It's idolatry. But when we have God on His throne and we submit all things to Him, we surrender to Him, we bow down to Him, we, we say, God, I'm not perfect, but in, you, in my weakness, You are my strength. And would You help me today? I've, I've, I've made decisions that weren't right and I knew while I was doing it, but God, I thank You that I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And I walk in that today. And so what He does is he strengthens you, like he did Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can read those stories in the book of Daniel in the Bible. In this movement of churches that you and I are part of, we are called to remember the Word of God, to preach the Word of God, to obey the Word of God, and to display the Word of God international network of churches still holds to the call of God that was given to uh, Pastor Clark Taylor all those years ago, which is Australia for Christ and reaching our world for Christ. I love that. I can't wait to see Australia for Christ. Who says we aren't a Christian nation? We're rising up right underneath them in power and authority. You and I are still empowered with the Holy Spirit to do signs and wonders. But these only come as we commit ourselves to the cause of Jesus and a life dedicated. We are still called to bring God glory and to shout out loud with confidence the name of Jesus. So why am I preaching this message today? I'm setting us up as a church for something. First of all, in just four Sundays' time, we are having a miracle service here. The service is going to look different. Let me share with you why. Is I'm expecting this church to be full and overflowing of people that don't normally come to church. Don't yet understand that they are children of God and given their life to Jesus. And I'm expecting to have people here that need just like God to touch their world, physically, emotionally, mentally, in all their worlds. This requires something from you and I. Amen? To share the gospel. I'm going to give us all flyers the week before so that it happens that one week so people don't lose them or forget about it. And I know this. I have this confidence in my heart that people that actually need healing, they're going to come no matter what. No matter what this place is called. No matter what's on the... Like they're just, you know, you know when to go to the doctor, right? You refuse. I remember once when I had an ear infection, I just said to mum for hours, no, I'm all right, I'm all right. I was in agony. And then a point came, I'll just say, I'd like a little wimp when it comes to the doctors, still am. And a point came when I was, I was only young, and um, I just said, mum, I've got to go to the doctor right now. And literally that threshold came where I, I just needed, I needed, and then she couldn't get me there quick enough, of course. That's what it's like for some people, for many people, a lot of thousands of people in your community. And so they need to be invited. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to print out these really small testimonial flyers that you'll be proud to put in someone's letterbox. They're not going to have City Point all over them or pastor's names or anything like that. It's a simple, hey, 
God's done miracles in our church, and if you need one, you've really got to come. We're having a special service just for you. It's kind of like that. And so I'm going to print a, a, at least a 1,000 of these. So I need you in, in three weeks' time. You're going to come to church. I'm going to have them for you. I need you to take at least as many for your street. But if you can feel the fire of God in your bones, why don't you do your whole block and just put these in letterboxes and let the Holy Spirit draw them. We share, we invite, we declare the possibilities for them, and then we ask the Holy Spirit. We're going to anoint them before you take them home. We're going to do some crazy stuff. I'm believing for a lot. Are you with me? Does anyone have faith that this could be like off the charts? The leaders of this church, we're going to walk around with oil all around this perimeter. And we're going to pour oil on the ground without one gap. Not even one gap. We're just going to pour big cans of oil all around this perimeter. And what that represents biblically is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke. Every person, when you drive in the car park, and I drive in and every guest drives into their car park, they're going to drive across a threshold of Holy Spirit oil. And every chain, even we're going to have miracles happening out in the driveway. People pulling into the car parks already healed, coming in testifying, not, not asking for healing. Because they're going to walk, drive across. I've got this faith. Does anyone have faith? Can you join me in this? You might say it's a silly tradition. What are you doing, Pastor Gray? I don't care. It's in the Word of God. I'm just going to do it. You know, laying hands on the sick looks stupid too, but it's been working for thousands of years. You know, praying for people seems silly. Calling them out, pulling them out of wheelchairs seems silly, but it's been happening in the church for thousands of years and people have been walking. You know, calling out someone with a, a, a stomach issue seems silly, but this lady's walking home healed today. You know, my wife, you know, touched her ear and the lump disappeared in an instant. I put my hand on a man in the cafe just this year and a lump that filled my hand disappeared under my hand while you guys were eating hamburgers, you know, just this year. It feels stupid, it seems stupid, but it's been happening for thousands of years. Come on, church, can we rise up in this? Our God is great. He's power. He hasn't lost power. He's just been waiting for the saints. And then just a couple of weeks after that, on the 5th of November, we have a massive honour as a church. We've got guest speakers, Pastor Roth and Kathy Abraham. And they are now the chairman of this international network of churches that you and I are part of. They're coming here on the 5th of November to preach and they're going to sow into us as a leadership team after the service. We're going to go to my house or, or somewhere, and then they're going to sow wisdom and God and power and authority into your leaders in this church. That's pretty good, isn't it? So that's a massive, massive honor. Pastor Roth, Ross, who is our chairman of this movement, declared just this year, he went to the old wells. This is in the Bible, you can read them. He went to an old well and he redug the old well, which was the word of God. And he declared over our church and every church, 1,600 churches around the world, part of international network of churches. And he declared once again, Australia for Christ. 
Australia for Christ. I am unbelievably excited to be alive right now. I hope you are too. I'm, I feel like I'm actually going to see Australia for Christ. I hope that stirs you. I know we're a bit over time, but you've got to stay back anyway to go to the kids' open house. So I just want to finish on this. Daniel in the, in the Bible, he never lost his love for God. His belief that God can do all things. Do you believe that, church? God can absolutely do all things. Nothing, not one thing is impossible for him. He never lost that God is his deliverer. And man, did he have to walk in faith to see that. He, Daniel is the one in the Bible in the lion's den. And the idea is that the lion pulls you apart, but the lion sat down and slept beside him. And he said to the king that my God has shut the mouth of the lion. Man, God is our deliverer. God is his healer and he's our healer. God is our restorer. And God did and does the impossible. So church, let's be united. You and I, inviting the unchurched to the house of God, believing, inviting, and praying for the sick to be healed. We already see it and we are already part of it. So it's not a big stretch. Let's be part of the end time church Committed to the commandment to preach the gospel to all of your world and to watch what the Lord and Savior Jesus does in us, through us, and with us.